All right, with that, we're going to jump into the book of Ecclesiastes today. Uh, we were in it last week. King Solomon wrote this book, and we're going to be in chapter 3 today, chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. And um, the title of the message today is called this, Eternity in the Temporary. Everybody say that together with me, Eternity in the Temporary. It'll make sense as I go through. We're going to jump into chapter 3 here, and, and I want to talk today about the idea that God is in charge of every season of our lives. Every single season, God is in control. And, and, and this is so important for us because we make massive mistakes in our lives when we attempt to change the season. Let me say that again. We make massive mistakes. We, we actually cause ourselves a lot of a st stress and, and frustration when we attempt to change the season. Look at somebody close to you and tell them, don't change the season. Yeah, I, I should add to that, you can't change the season. You're only attempting to change it. And there's a reason for this, and I'm going to jump right in. Verse 1 says this, for everything there is a season. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. I want everybody to read that first verse with me right now in a loud voice. Let's read it. What does it say? For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. This is important. King Solomon makes clear that everything has a season. Seasons are the natural part of life. Seasons are normal. I know our L.A. seasons aren't as nice or beautiful or different as other parts of the world. But I got to tell you, I was so happy when I was driving on the 5 freeway yesterday and it started raining some. I was like, the season is changing. Praise God. Anybody here like the cold? I, I love the cold. All right. I know some of you are like, no, I love eternal summer. God bless you. But I am happy for the cold. Happy for it. And, um, and, and every season is given by God. God is the one that created the seasons. And I want you to see this because he says, for everything there is a season. And the word season literally means appointed time. Appointed time. In other words, that God has appointed different times for different things in your life. Everything is appointed. I, I, I'm guessing that most of you woke up this morning with the plan that you would show up to the 11 o'clock service. If you were planning on coming to an earlier service and you slept in, that obviously was not the appointed time. But for most everybody, I'm sure you showed up at the appointed time. Appointed time is not just, hey, what time is it? Oh, it's 11.40 right now. That is not appointed time. An appointed time is a time with purpose, a season with a purpose. And God has created appointed times for you in your life. For everything we go through, for everything that we face, God has made it clear. For everything, there is an appointed time in your life. And then he goes through a list of all these different types of times that we can go through. Starting in verse 2, he says, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. 
a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Can anybody relate to the throw, throw away part? You, you got some stuff you need to get rid of in the house? A time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is a time for absolutely how much? Everything. There's a time for everything. And where your life gets messed up is when you try to live in a different time than the one you're actually in. Let me say that again. Where, where you get frustrated, where you get tired, where you get upset is when you try to live in a different time than the one you are actually in at the moment. And I'm going to explain this because well, what happens is you end up doing double the work, essentially. Imagine this in, in verse number two. It says a time to plant and a time to what? Harvest. A time to plant and a time to harvest. Now, if you all of a sudden decided that you were going to plant during harvest time, you're going to have a mess on your hands. And you're going to end up having to plant two times in a year if you're a farmer. Because you'll plant the first time in the harvest time where it fails on you, and then you have to plant again at the right time. And so when you get the times messed up, you end up in a situation of even more loss, of even more frustration and even more difficulty. Let me phrase it another way using verse 4. Verse 4 says this, a time to cry, and if you track it with me, a time to what? Laugh. You see, this happens with a lot of people. Let's say that you have gone through a time to cry. A time where you've experienced incredible loss. Maybe you lost a loved one to death. Maybe You've lost a friendship, maybe you lost a job, any number of things that can happen to us in our lives. But if you don't take the time to mourn the loss, what happens, watch, you, you want to get through that time quickly so you can get to which time? The time to laugh, right? I, I don't like this time to cry. I want to get to the time to what? Laugh. I want the happy time. So what happens, though, is because you don't properly mourn in the time to cry, when you get to the happy time, you are still dealing with brokenness in your soul. And so the happy time that is designed to be happy is still not happy. That's why some people are stuck for 5, 10, 20 years in the same pattern of brokenness because they have never dealt with the season that they were in. And even though a season might change, they are still stuck in the other season because they never dealt with it properly. Every season you find yourself in has an opportunity for God to do something and God to show up. The good seasons and the bad seasons, the easy seasons, the difficult seasons, every single season has something that can be done. I, um, 24 years ago, I was um, starting to play uh, the piano in the church when I had been playing piano for years, but started playing the piano in the church that, that, that my dad had started. 
And, um, and, and when I was there, one Sunday morning, we get to a minute before the service time starts, right? And I'm sitting at the piano, ready to play, and it's a minute before the service starts, and the sound system is not working at all. And that is like disaster for church world, right? It's like the sound system is not working. We've had it go off a couple times here because LADWP likes to mess with us or something. I don't know. But um, the sound system wasn't working. And so I was like, you know what? I, I thought I, I've got this great heart and I want to be really, really helpful. So I left the piano and I went to the back of the room where the sound system was and the guy that was running sound. And I was like, I'm going to help figure out what is going on. And my dad does not recognize my good heart. And he just yells at me and says, go back to the piano. Like, going back. And at the moment, I was like, he is so wrong. My 19-year-old self, right? I was like, he's wrong. But the truth is, he was so right. Because the reality is that in that moment of time, my job was the piano. It wasn't the sound system. And if I would have been back at the sound system when the sound system got fixed, guess who would have been at the piano? Uh, nobody. And he taught me such an important lesson in that moment. Not that we can't help out in other areas, obviously we can, but that there are times and seasons for everything and we must pay attention to the moment that we are in and be responsible for that moment that we find ourselves in. I can't escape to another time in the time that I am currently living in. In fact, my wife and I, we had, we had said that we were going to have three or four kids. That was the original plan. So we had one, then we had two, then we had three, then we had four, and then we we're like, we're done. God is good. And I was so grateful because the season of diapers was officially finished. And then God was like, joke's on you. Number five is coming. I was like, I thought we were done with that season. I thought we were finished. And here's the interesting thing. You have no control over the length of the season. I want to say that again. You have absolutely zero control over the length of the season. So the only thing that you and I can do is ask the question, what does this season require of me in this moment? What is my responsibility in this season? What must I do with this season? And we must become experts at discerning the seasons that we are in. I am so bad at figuring things out sometimes. Like we'll be at a dinner or something and uh, my wife will be next to me and she'll be like, tugging on my shirt or giving me a light elbow, not a heavy elbow, just, just, you know, a light elbow, like trying to tell me something. And I'll be like, what? Like, which defeats the whole thing. And then she's like, never mind. <laughs> she's trying to tell me quietly and discreetly, and I'm not even paying attention to what's going on. But we need to become experts at discerning the seasons that we are in. So that way we can live according to what is required of us in that season. 
Verse 9 says this, what do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. And yes, how many would agree that there are lots of burdens in our lives? Anybody? Absolutely. If anybody tells you that coming to know Jesus means that life is going to be easy, they are messed up. Life does not get easier when you know Jesus. In fact, because we believe Satan is absolutely real, I would venture to guess for many people that life gets harder when you get to know Jesus, not easier. Oh, it gets easier in the soul because we have a God who cares for our soul. But it doesn't mean that the external things get any easier. And so the reality is we live in a broken world. We are filled with burdens. Yet in verse 11, it says this, yet God has made everything beautiful. Somebody say everything beautiful. God has made everything beautiful for its own time. I want you to see what Solomon is saying. He is saying that the times to laugh are beautiful, but the times to cry are also beautiful. They're also beautiful. The times of life and birth are beautiful, but the times of death, they can also be beautiful. You know what? I, um, this, th- this week has been, actually, you, you guys just helped me accomplish something great today that I didn't even know existed until this week. And I'm like telling everybody this. Um, and it started with my wife, and I've told her three times, and she's now been telling me, like, you've already told me this, you know? But um, on Sunday, I did a wedding, okay? So last Sunday, after our four services, went and did a wedding. And then on Thursday, I did a funeral, okay? And then yesterday, I had a quinceanera. And I was like, I hit the trifecta of pastoring. I did all three in one week. I have never done all three of those in one week. And so then finally, we're, we're at Caleb's, our, our oldest, his, his football game last night. And I'm telling my wife, like, I, I did. I finished all three in one week. She's like, yes, you already told me. But the one you're missing is a baby dedication. I went, oh, yeah. She said, don't worry. You got one tomorrow. I'm like, yes. And so then the game is over. And our team won. Praise God. That was great. And uh, the game is over. And a pastor friend, a pastor in another church, comes up to me. And I'm so proud. I'm like, hey. I hit the trifecta this week, but I talked to my wife and I told him what I just told you and that, you know, it's going to be four. And he's like, oh, Jeff, you're hitting the grand slam of pastoring. I said, oh, that's good. That, that, yeah, that, that, that is really, really good. But you know what? I can't show up to the funeral like it's the wedding I did on Sunday. I can't do that. Every season has its different thing. And, and the reality is, I actually, and I've said this uh, to some people around me, I actually, I, I don't want to use the word enjoy. Enjoy would be the wrong word because I don't enjoy funerals. I don't know anybody that enjoys them. But, but in a sense, I like funerals even more than weddings. And now some of you might be sitting here thinking, you are crazy. Like weddings are so joyous and so amazing and couples getting married and it's incredible. Yes, but, but let me tell you something. Weddings are amazing and I love them. I love them. I'm not saying I don't like them. Of course I love them. But, but what happens is, you know what? A lot of the relationships you have with people, even in your wedding, eventually you don't have. 
But when you get to a funeral, you are with the people that have spent their entire lives valuing that person that passed away. In fact, the funeral I did on Thursday, it was amazing to see a man there who, who shared some thoughts. And, uh, and, and he said, he said, I knew this person. I met him 30 some years ago. We did music together, but then we essentially just parted ways. Nothing bad. They just went in different directions in their lives. And they never saw each other again, ever. And then two years ago, they reconnected on Facebook, but still never got the chance to see each other. But that relationship, that moment that they had together 30-some years ago was so valuable to him that he showed up to the graveside. That's impacting to me extremely impacting and you see the reality is there is beauty in every single season there is beauty in everything that God does I want to jump back to verse 1 because I'm going to show this to you and, and actually prove it to you right from the beginning because he says for everything there is a what season or in the Hebrew an appointed time, a time for every activity under heaven. And that word activity, I thought, well, that's interesting. Let, let me look up this word activity and what it means in the Hebrew. And, and I thought it was just going to say like, you know, activity, like things you do. But, but you look it up and you realize that the word activity there literally means delight or pleasure. So, so if we reread this with that definition, it would read like this. For everything, there is a season, a time for every pleasure under heaven, for every delight that God gives, of course. I preached about that last week. That is under heaven. And so if you see this kind of like bookends, in verse 1 he says that there's a time for every delight under heaven. And then in verse 11, we get to it and we realize that everything is beautiful. God has made everything beautiful. We realize that in every season and in every time, in the death times and the lifetimes, in the killing times, the healing times, the tearing down times, the building up times, the born and die times, the cry and laugh times, there is a beautiful thing of God in every single season. I want you to get this today. Because otherwise, what you will do is you will be so hopeless in the difficult times that you will try to shortchange that season to try to get to the better time and you will miss out on the beautiful things that God has for you in that season. In fact, I, I, I have realized in my life, I mean, we, we do this. Almost every Sunday, we're talking about some miracle of what God has, has done. How many are grateful that God is a God of miracles? Okay, but can we just think for a second that the only reason God does the miracles is because something is screwed up to begin with? If everything was good, there would be no need for miracles. It is the beauty of God who does miraculous things in the broken seasons of our lives. In the good seasons, we a lot of times ignore the power of God. But in the difficult seasons, God shows up in ways that we cannot even imagine. 
Years ago, probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I read a book about Brother Yun. I think it was called The Heavenly Man, if I'm not mistaken, a man from China. And um, he was a part of the underground church in China. The church in China faces a lot of persecution. And he wrote an entire book, a thick book, just about his journeys and everything that went on with him. And, um, and he talked about all the miracles that God had done in broken, horrible situations. He was arrested multiple times, taken to prison multiple times, tons of different things that happened. His body was sick, gravely sick, and a whole host of things that happened to him. Yet as I read the book, I was filled with hope. I was filled with hope. And he actually at one point said an interesting comment that, that stuck with me to this day. He, he said, all of you in the West, you know, thinking about Europe and the United States, he said, all of you in the West, you got a natural answer for everything. You've got doctors to help you when you're sick and medicine that you can take and all these different things. He's like, but in my case, I had nothing. The only thing that I could have in the midst of all those horrible situations was the almighty God and the miracles that God does. And, and I want to live the type of life, not where medicine is bad or anything of that, but I want to live the type of life that invites the beauty of God to show up in my broken seasons and understands that every single season from the Lord is a season where he will show up in powerful ways if I let him. Also in verse 11, it says right after the first phrase, which said, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Right at the end of the first line, I want everybody to read with me what it says after that. Let's read together. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Everybody say it together with me one more time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. My friends, God planted eternity in your heart from the very beginning. And I want you to think about this because the title of my message is Eternity in the Temporary. Because every season is temporary. Every single one. The good seasons and the bad seasons, they're all temporary. Riches are temporary relationships in many cases are temporary. How many of you had friends five, 10 years ago that you don't have today, right? Relationships are temporary. Life is filled with temporary things consistently. Every season is temporary. But in the middle of all of that, it declares, Solomon says to us, that God has planted eternity, which is not temporary, in every human heart. And what that tells to me is that in every season that we go through, there is an eternal purpose of God that is at work. And that what I need to do is invite God to open my eyes to see the eternal work of God in every single season of my life. I am not living for the temporary. Let me say it this way. I live in the temporary, but I don't live for the temporary. 
I will live in every season that God gives to me. I am not seeking to change it, to override it. Oh, we'll pray for healing. We'll pray for the miracles when it's bad and when you're sick and all those types of things, 100%. But we will trust God in every season so we might learn that which he has for us to learn so that we might see his beauty according to how he wants us to see it and connecting that to his eternal plans and purposes in our lives. And I want you to see this. It says he has planned. Planted. He has planted eternity. Everybody say, he has planted. What do you plant? You plant seeds. Why do you plant seeds? Because the goal is for the seed to grow. And as the seed grows, the goal is for fruit to grow. And for there to end up with a harvest. The goal of planting is to eventually get a what? I want you to see this. And so if God has planted eternity in the human heart, every season that I live in has a goal of bringing about the ultimate harvest of eternity in my life. And so God plants it and brings me through every season where that eternity of God grows more and more and more inside of me. Let me be clear. There are a lot of people in this world, and you might be here today, and I might be speaking to you, and you might be hearing this, that live for the temporary things. Live in them, but do not live for them. Because if you live for them, you will end at the rest of your life with nothing to show for it. I want to live for eternity. God has planted eternity in my life and I want every single season of my life to be lived according to the building up of God's eternal purposes because if that happens, I will have that forever. And so would you live in every season allowing the Lord to grow eternity, his eternal purposes inside of you. At the very end of that verse, it says this, but even so, even though he has planted eternity in our hearts, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. How many of you have ever asked God, why did you let me go through this? I, I've asked God like, a million times. But there's a second question. How many of you have still, in some of those why questions, have still not received the answer? You're like, I've asked God why for like the last 10 years, and he still has yet to tell me. Can I just tell you right now that you need to accept reality, and this is reality, that God, in some cases, is not going to tell you or show you until you go home with him. That you will live the rest of your life without knowing the answer to why. Because he knows the plan beginning to end. Not you. And not me. You know, so often we'll be at the house and we're going to, you know, maybe go out and eat somewhere, do something. And so I tell my kids, hey, put on your shoes. Get ready to leave. I wish life was that easy. Because all of a sudden, after I say, like, put on your shoes, let's go. There's like 
Where are we going? Doesn't matter. Just put on your shoes and let's get ready to leave. Yeah, but what are we going to be doing? Doesn't matter. Just put on your shoes. We're going. Yeah, but, but do I need to bring a coat? You're fi- I already told you what to do. Just put on your shoes. We are walking out the door. Yeah, okay, but, but what are we going to be doing? You already asked me that one. We'll leave without shoes if we have to. Although you'd probably prefer to have them. And you know what? So often, we are like that with God. God's like, you're going through this season. Why? Why? But God, tell me. No, you're just going to go through it. Yeah, yeah, but what do I need? No, just go through it. And he doesn't give us the information that we are looking for. Why? Because he wants you and I to develop a thing called trust. To trust him when we don't understand. To trust him when it doesn't make sense. And to continue walking with him in every season so that way the work of eternity might be built up in our lives. Can anybody say amen to that? So in verse 12, he says this. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. Does that sound good to anybody? And people should eat, and I say amen to that one. And drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And then he says in verse 14, And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. And God's purpose is that people should what? Fear him. That is the end goal. You will not live the life that God has called for you unless you accomplish this purpose. You want to know what God's purpose is? You want to know what the purpose is for two young ladies we just dedicated to the Lord today? Is that they would fear the Lord. That is our purpose for living on this planet. And if we would live that out in every season, understanding the eternal purposes of God, then we will experience something incredible. 24 years ago, I was 19 years old, and my dad had just been let go from a position that he held, and Tim and my mom, who's here in the back, took our whole family out to a restaurant in Santa Clarita. I don't know if you even remember the restaurant. I remember the restaurant. And um, I remember it like it was yesterday. And and we had some good food, some barbecue. And then afterwards, my dad shared with us that he had been released from his position. And that was a massive, massive shock to me at 19 years old. Very difficult to deal with. And, um, And when it happened, because my dad had been released from other positions before, but I was a little kid. I had not realized or recognized any of that type of stuff. And when I was a little older, you know, adolescent, teenager, all of that, uh, usually he was moving on from something because he had been requested to go into another role. But this is the first time here I am as a 19-year-old, and he's been taken out of a position, and, and we have no idea what's next. We have no idea what's going to happen afterwards. And I'm 
frustrated, and I'm not for me, just the family. I'm concerned. I'm upset that he was taken out. I am a mix of all of these emotions in that moment. And um, that was a Saturday night. Saturday night. And the next morning, on Sunday morning, I was scheduled to lead worship in our middle school youth service. That is the last thing I wanted to do based off of how I felt on Saturday night. And I don't know why, I should have just like, I guess, called up the youth pastor and been like, hey, you know what, I'm not feeling it right now, you know, can I just take tomorrow off? But I didn't. And so I got to Sunday morning and I'm going, this is not going to work. And so I start praying. I say, God, I'm in a disaster. I cannot do this. I'm upset. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm all of this. I cannot do it. So God, you're going to have to do it because I can't. Now let me just tell you something, because back in those days, you know, youth ministry, I mean, it was a good youth ministry, great youth ministry. But a lot of the junior hires there at that time, you know, we would because I, I would do worship every week and we had a great team of people. But man, a lot of the junior hires would just be while we're singing, they'd just be like. And you're like up here giving it your all and everybody's just like, when do I go? When can I get the cookies after service? You know, that type of stuff. And, and that day, that Sunday morning, I was with that group of youth for about a year, year and a half. That Sunday morning was the most powerful, anointed Sunday of worship with that group that I ever experienced. There were young people raising their hands and singing to God, and I'm up there going, what in the world is happening, but I realized that I understood it because when there is less of me, there is more of Jesus. And the reality of it is, is that in the middle of my own brokenness, in the middle of a bad season, was the perfect opportunity for God to show up in his beautiful way that only he can do. My friends, God has beauty in every season of your life. Can anybody give glory to God for that? He has beauty for every season. So would you stand up with me and let's pray together this early afternoon as we come to the end of our time. Jesus today, Jesus today, we thank you. We thank you for the work that you do in our lives. We thank you for the seasons that you take us through, the good ones and the bad ones, the easy ones, the difficult ones, every season. If we let it be, every season is filled with the blessing of God. And so, Jesus, may we become a people who leverage the seasons that you have given to us. That we would not ignore them, we would not run from them, but we would be people who embrace them and embrace the beauty of every season that you have us in. Oh, Jesus, that is how we desire to be. And I want to ask a question this morning. Are you 
here today in a season of your life where you want your eyes to be open to the beauty of God in this season. Maybe you're walking in a season and you've been discouraged and frustrated and upset. And today you see, you say, I want to get God's perspective about this. I want to see what God is telling me and God is showing me through this. If that's you, real quick, just raise up a hand. I just want to bless you right now. Oh, I bless each and every one of you with your hands raised right now. And may you receive from the Holy Spirit today open eyes, open eyes to see the beauty of God in the midst of this season that you are in. What has looked hopeless, what has looked broken, what has looked defeated, in Jesus' name, may you see the amazing power of God at work that he would be transforming you, that he would be moving in you, that he would be accomplishing great things in you. So may you see what the Spirit of God desires for you to see in Jesus' mighty name. Receive it today. Receive it today from the Lord and walk in the hope that he has for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give an applause to God right now? Come on.